throughout the Lenten season this year, uh, our church has been focusing on the sayings of Jesus on the cross. And, and you'll see some of the, the artwork that's been created along the ways. The, the chalk drawings on the black paper over there and over there have been done by our children and worship kids, our, our Sunday school kids and catechism youth. Uh, and they've been helping us in, enter into this story. And each of the weeks, we focused on, on just one word from the story. And this morning, we're going to focus on the word believe as we wrap up the series on, on Easter morning. How many of you recognize this? Okay, if you are under 30, how many of you have actually used one of these? Uh, a couple. <laughs> I actually, I, ours was beige, but I can remember in the late 70s in our house, we had a beige one similar to this. Uh, and, and, and just so if you haven't used one before, you actually had to put your finger in one of those holes and wind it around and then let it pop back into place. That's how you made phone calls. One of my mentors early on as I was thinking about ministry, his name was Pastor Dante Venegas. He had a, a really unique way of answering the phone, and, and it caught me off guard the first time I had to call him. Uh, Pastor Dave said, well, why don't you give Pastor Dante a call and talk to him about that? So I call him up, and he answers with this. I believe God. All right, tell me, how do you respond to that? <laughs> and, and I came to find out that that wasn't just a one-time thing. That's actually how he answered the phone all the time. I believe God. What a powerful statement. Not, hello, my name is Dante. Hello, this is Dante. None of that. I believe God. His identity was formed and shaped through that, that fundamental relationship. It wasn't even, I believe in God, or I believe certain things about God. It was, I believe God. And that formed the baseline of everything that Dante was doing. This morning, we're, we're going to dig into that word and, and that identity. And this question starts us off. Do we believe God? Not do we believe in God. Not can we say nice things and true things about God. Do we believe God? And perhaps no other point in the, the whole story of, of the gospel story and of Jesus' life does that question really come to the forefront than in this scene. The scene where, where we hear that Jesus, who was dead, is now alive. The one who was buried and put in the grave has, has come back to life. Do we believe God that this part of the story is true? That God is true. That God raised Jesus from the dead. Good Friday. Good Friday saw Jesus nailed to the cross. It had seen him beaten and stripped naked and hung up for everybody to see. If you mess with the Roman Empire, 
if you mess with the religious leaders, this is what happens to you. You die. His body was taken off that cross and, and wrapped up in linen and, and brought and, and put in a, a, a tomb that no one had been laid in before. And, and the women who had been there all along, all, all the way back from Galilee, who had been following him around for three years, who had, who had been with him and seen the miracles and, and seen him do all these powerful things, even raise Lazarus from the dead, the women, they grieved and they watched where his body was laid. And they went home and they made all those proper burial spices that they were supposed to do to give him a proper burial. The Sabbath was starting. And that means everything went dark. Everything went silent. They had to go home with the knowledge that Jesus, the one who they had placed all their hope in, the one who had done so many miracles for them, even, even one of them he had cast seven demons out of. He had given them a whole new life, and, and they saw him lay, laid in the grave, and the stone rolled in place, and they sit there on that Sabbath day in the silence, knowing that he was dead. They didn't have Easter Sunday yet, folks. And it's hard for us who have heard the story again and again to imagine what that Saturday was like for them. That Sabbath day, that first day after Jesus was buried in the grave, but it had to be awful. Everything that they had imagined for three years, everything they had celebrated just a few days before as Jesus came into Jerusalem and they, they waved the palm branches and, and people were singing, proclaiming Him to be the Messiah, the chosen one. Finally, God was going to do people. He was dead. They got up that Easter morning just at dawn, start of the day, and they took those spices they had prepared with every intention of going to the garden and hoping that the gardener would be around to roll back the stone so they could finish the burial process, so they could do what was expected of them, that they could put the spices and the balms on his body and then rewrap him in the linen one final way of saying goodbye. So you can imagine when they show up in the garden and the stone's already rolled away. You can imagine the sense of confusion that sets in, the, the befuddlement, the puzzle, what's happened, who's taken his body, all those questions coming up because it doesn't make sense. This didn't happen. Somebody had done something that was out of the ordinary. And so they go in and they, they begin to look around and, and then the angels show up and start talking to them. And the angels start talking to them and, and reminding them that Jesus already told them this was going to happen. He, he says to them, remember how he told you. I want us to pause with that for a moment. Remember how he told you. So often we tell this first resurrection day through the eyes of the apostles, the, the selected 11 who are still alive at this point. 
and we tell it through their perspective. But, but this, this statement from the angel to the women is, you were there all along. You are his disciples. You've been hearing this story all along. You know the words Jesus said. And Jesus is saying to the women, you've heard him. Remember what he said. This is how he goes. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Their grief allowed them only to remember the first part. He would be handed over and crucified. On this, this first Easter, they're called to remember the full story of what Jesus had been teaching them. All along, he would die. And then he would rise again. And Jesus had said, and we read this on Monday, Thursday, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. And I have been given the authority to pick it up again. Jesus saying all along to his disciples, Yes, I will die, but, but do not lose hope. I will be raised from the dead. I will come back to life. Remember. We use a phrase, remember and believe. You see, believing isn't just, I've got a set of facts in front of me, and yep, I'll accept it and sign my name on the dotted line to say, yep, I agree, this is true. Believing is fundamentally an act that involves remembering. Remembering the story of God's faithfulness, the God who created everything good. Remembering the story of humanity breaking things and shattering the goodness of God's creation. Remembering God's faithfulness by raising up Abraham and a whole litany of people after him who would hear the good news before Christ. Remembering how God sent his one and only son to be born into the world and then to die and then, then to be raised from the dead. And then we even add the promise as Scripture unfolds that he will be ascended into heaven and return one day. And there will be a resurrection of all bodies. Death itself will be overcome. We enter into this story not simply by saying, I believe these things about Scripture, but I remember what God has been doing all along. We're going to celebrate this meal and as we do, part of what we're doing is, is participating in what God's people have been doing all along. Do you remember that story that, that in Deuteronomy, and, and Moses is there just with the people right as they're about to enter the promised land, that new place, and, and what he says to them. He says, when you come into the promised land, do not forget the Lord your God. In other words, remember the whole story. Remember what God's been doing all along, that he is the God who delivers you from your enemies again and again and again. And when we come to this table and when we participate in this meal, we are participating in that act of remembering. Remembering that God is the one who delivers us from all our enemies. And on Good Friday, he delivered us from our sins. And on Easter Sunday, he begins that process of delivering us from the greatest enemy we have, death. 
that which has separated us from God. That which separated us from the gift of God in the garden, that tree of life. That which separated us from God's presence. And what we have in the assurance of Jesus' resurrection is this promise being given to us that just as Christ is raised from the dead, so too we shall one day be raised from the dead. I don't know if you caught it in the vows that the, uh, that the youth were making as they made their profession of faith, but there was a reference to their baptism. Just as we have died with Christ, as we have been buried with Christ on that Good Friday, we've been immersed into the death with him. We too will one day be raised to new life with him. And their response this morning was, was an I believe statement that God is true and God is faithful. That what God said in their baptism, that your sins have been forgiven, you have been immersed into death with Christ, you will be raised to new life with him. They're responding today and saying, yes, I believe. That's caught up in Jesus Christ's resurrection. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I talk about the resurrection, I get funny looks. Like, really? And this part of the story comforts me. Because the women who now are hearing that Jesus is alive, they go back to tell the apostles, the, the other 11, who should know the story and know and remember that Jesus is going to be raised to the dead. And, and it says, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. And that word nonsense is better translated as delirious babbling. It's a medical term. It's a medical term used by physicians to describe people who are so sick that their words no longer make sense. They're tripping over themselves. They can't find the words to explain what's just, been hap what's just happened. They can't figure out how to describe the resurrection. How do you describe it? It had never happened before. No one expected this. Someone who was beaten by the Romans, killed on a cross, laid in a grave, tomb rolled over it, doesn't come back from the dead. And they are fumbling over themselves to find the words. And most of the disciples, ten of them, sit there and go, ah, what are they talking about? This is just grief overwhelming them. Did you catch the last verse of the passage that Nella read? Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. It's important that it was Peter. Because do you remember Peter's part in the story? I don't even know him! Calling down all sorts of oaths on himself about how much he is not associated with Jesus. I don't believe this Jesus. I don't trust this Jesus. I'm not near this Jesus. Don't associate me with him. Give me away from him. Don't make me die like he's going to die. When Peter hears the women fumbling over their words, their delirious babbling, he doesn't wait. I somewhat wonder if he even bothered to put his sandals on. He gets up and he runs to the tomb to see for himself, and he finds it empty. Something's happened. Something has happened. It, it changes everything. If, if Jesus really rose from the grave, everything's changed. 
And we find for Peter that it really does. This is what Peter writes later on. He's writing to to a a church that he's been discipling, and, and he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What we hear even decades later from Peter is this resounding faith that has been shaped by that one moment. That one moment when things didn't make sense and he still ran to the tomb to check it out. And he said, oh my, the tomb is empty. Jesus really was true. Jesus really is the Messiah. Jesus really is alive. And everything changed for him. So much so that Peter would later himself be crucified. He adds this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I love that he says that. He takes such a pastoral posture that applies to us today. I know you haven't seen him. I know you haven't seen Jesus walking around outside of the grave, and that's hard for you to believe and comprehend. I know that. But he did. And because he did, because he raised, there is an inexpressible joy that is yours. You can actually love him and know him and walk with him. And and it is God's gift to you that's anchored in this day, not just in his death but also in his resurrection, that you too have been wrapped into life with Jesus Christ. So this morning, we're going to participate in this meal that helps us to remember his death and resurrection. And we'll say the phrase, take, eat, remember, and believe. And then we'll say, take, drink, remember, and believe. And it's calling us into this space together. To believe together that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Let's pray. Help us to believe you, God, to believe this good news, that in Christ alone our salvation and hope is found. In his dying And in his rising, we are given the assurance of our salvation and the joy, the joy that not even death can separate us from you is now ours. May you give us this joy in abundance. May you help us to believe, overcome our unbelief, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.